Hey there, this is Tammy File, and I'm so glad that you could join us today. We want you to know that whatever you're facing, we are here praying for you. And we pray that you're able to experience the presence of the Lord in your circumstances and that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you matter to God. Going to name for you now. I hope you'll you'll be able to stay with me. I'm going to name some specific ways the enemy attacks. And here's the only reason we're going to do this. So that you can look at your life and be able to say, this was this. And this other thing is this. And so you'll recognize better how to respond to it. As we go through the list, you'll see. Lori, can you show us the first um, bullet point, please? On your outline, you have the first bullet point. It's called assaults are evil attacks against me that leave soul wounds. Assaults are evil attacks against me that leave soul wounds. Especially when you were a child, you were vulnerable You could not protect yourself. You were under the care of other people. The enemy especially loves to inflict soul wounds when you are young and really cannot do anything about them. Now that can happen as an adult as well, but we have more defenses as an adult. But these are the things that you know shaped who you are. These are not just small things. These are things that even if you have never dealt with it, even if it is something, I'm sad when a woman tells me this, that they may have never told a human being ever what happened. It has shaped who you are. That is an assault that is a soul wound. All right, you will have those. They should be more easy to recognize. The second area I want to name for you tonight is strongholds. Strongholds are deeply entrenched lies that poison my belief system and are strongly resistant to God's truth. And I'm going to just tell you, I've experienced every one of these. Strongholds are deeply entrenched lies that poison my belief system and are strongly resistant to God's truth. The truth is a stronghold usually happens as a result of an assault. Not always. Strongholds can also show up when we choose willful sin, disobedience. When we go our own way too long, strongholds show up. Those are things that we made the choice to begin with and we continued down that path and now we don't really have a choice in the matter. It has us. We don't like to acknowledge that, but it's true. It's those things that have power in our lives. But strongholds in the mind and heart are things that have deeply entrenched lies under them and they poison our belief system. This is why God's work in our lives is so vital. Number three bullet point, addictions often spring up in strongholds in our effort to protect and comfort our deep soul wounds. And listen, do not feel any shame on any of these sisters because you are so in good company. This is, this is the result of the enemy's work. Now, here's what we're going to say about addictions. We don't like to call it an addiction until we're so sick of it that we're ready to just jump into somebody else's skin. We don't want to be ourselves anymore. You know what I mean? Or maybe that's just been me. But addictions do not have to just be drugs and alcohol. Addictions can be to food. That has been mine. 
Um, using sugar to medicate. And, you know, everyone uses food to one degree or another at a time, you know, to celebrate, to calm down, to do all that. And there's there's a degree of that that there's really nothing wrong with. God in, actually encourages us to have feasts at time and to do those things um, so the enemy takes something that was normal, natural, and healthy, a God thing, but takes it over to his side until it becomes something that has a hold over us. It could be spending. There is sexual addiction. It is can be busyness. It can be these um, social networking sites. It could really well be a Twitter account that you can't stop looking at no matter who you're with. You've got to be looking at that or texting. These days, addiction comes in an awful lot of ways. The technology is a big one. Ladies, we don't want to call it that. We so long for connection with other people. We so long to be wanted and to be sought after. So it feeds us when we're in demand. Listen, it is understandable why those things are there. So you don't need to feel guilty about them being there. What we need to do is be wise and listen to God so that he can tell us if that is an area that the enemy has the power in and not him. Is it something that's really benefiting his work in your life or is it something that is actually harming you? There's a verse in 2 Corinthians about strongholds that I'd like us to see. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe it is in your notes. We are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. I like that translation, but I'm also going to show you the end of it in the NIV translation. We demolish arguments. That's conflict in you. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Ladies, as we spend more and more time looking at what goes on in your mind and heart, this is vital for you to know. You have power, and I mean power through God's Holy Spirit, not in your own resources, but with God's will. He can help you chain your thoughts and train your thoughts and say no to thoughts. Did you know you can say no to thoughts? Did you know you can say no to feelings? I didn't know that one for years and years and years. And I'm so happy to tell you there is a way to learn to say, I refuse to feel that way. I was a slave to my feelings for I cannot even tell you how many years. Really, it's been recent years that I would say to you, they don't have as much hold. Now, listen, I struggle with mine like any good woman does, but I was driven by them. And there's the difference. Okay, number fourth bullet point is darts. Darts are negative thoughts. The enemy feeds us. We looked at these last week a little bit. These are distortions of the truth, but generally feel true. Darts are negative thoughts. The enemy feeds us. These are distortions of the truth, but generally feel true, thus influencing our emotions. Um, Lori, there's another slide. Would you pop that next one up for me? I really like that image. You are that girl 
In your own skin, you are bombarded by messages constantly. We think they're our own because we've believed them so long. They've become part of that distorted belief system I tell you about. You don't have to keep that forever. Now, these messages will hound you well after you're free of them. So what I'm saying to you is the message, the dart, the arrow that the enemy sends will still fly across your your mind, but you rebel against it. You refuse it access and it doesn't get to lodge there. That's when you've learned to hold up your shield because you've become convinced that it doesn't matter what he's saying about you. You are with your God. He loves you. You are safe with him. You can trust him. So it doesn't matter what somebody else would think about those things. God doesn't think you're not talented. He gave you your talents. He doesn't think you're not good enough. He paid the price for your, to have that kalos, that beauty, that goodness that we, agathos goodness and kalos goodness, which we looked at in the last semester. He paid for that. We have an intrinsicness, especially through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we are not going to listen to that. Next slide. Next bullet point is oppression. Now listen, girls, this one's a big one. Oppression is often delivered as a vague, but persistent, troubling of our heart, mind, or body. Now, our hormones get the rap for this one quite a bit of times. And it is true, sorry for any gentleman listening, but you know this, if you're a gentleman, you're shaking your head yes right now because our hormones do affect us. However, the enemy sends things very much like that, and we automatically assume a lot of times. Oppression is often delivered as a vague but persistent troubling of our heart, mind, or body. Now, listen, In familiar land this week, did you read the part where it talked about there being a noxious gas that could make her feel um, depressed? Did you catch that? That is oppression. That is oppression. Next part of our statement, if it often presents as a heavy mood that seemingly comes out of nowhere. Wait a minute. Go back. Um, okay, it often presents as a heavy mood that seemingly comes out of nowhere. It may feel like a heavy blanket of discouragement, fear, hopelessness, uncertainty, or confusion, to name a few. This is when something comes and sits on you and you say, I don't know why I feel, you sometimes you wake up feeling this way. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was waiting on you to wake up. But here's what I'd say. While there can be things, the like hormones that certainly contribute, if you can find no real reason for this thing, I just want to suggest to you that you pray against it. Can you, do we have the option of praying against it? Yes, we do. But I didn't understand this one for a long time. Oppression often messes with our feelings. We'll feel discouraged and we don't know why. We'll suddenly feel fearful over every little thing. And yesterday we just had a banner day with God. By the way, if you've had a really high moment throughout scripture, you'll see this illustrated. The enemy will come in on the other side and take you to the lowest of the low. And it is always through your feelings. And guys, here's what I can say. This isn't hormones because the men in the Bible did it too. Literally, I could take you to stories. We don't have time. So yay, God, thank you for making those connections. It is not a female thing alone, but it'll feel like a heavy blanket you can't shake off. And then... Before you know it, it's gone, especially if you call a friend and ask her to pray for you. You put a little note on some on your Facebook thing in in an attempt to get some prayer and say, look, I could just use some extra prayer. You'll be surprised 
how that thing lifts. And if you will get into God's word and listen, oh, I got to tell you this real quick. Praise music. Listen, this one comes after me sometimes too. You know, I have, I have a CD with all the journey songs on it, all the videos that we've listened to. I, those bring up images in my mind and heart. So I have them on a CD that are just the songs. I will let that thing loop over and my boys complain about it, but it'll loop over and over because my mind is more protected when God's music is playing. So let me tell you on that secret too, put that music on ladies and don't worry if somebody else doesn't like it so much. Distractions are our next bullet point. Oh gosh, time is gone. Distractions are often urgent and persistent messages that insist that I must act or respond. Some of you are wondering why there are more blanks on my slides than are on your pages because I realized you could not write this much and listen at the same time. And so I took some of your underlines out and left the words there. So we're on the same page with that. Their urgency is often the signal that they are not led by the Spirit of God, for they are not life-giving. Instead, they are like powerful engines that drive us. These distractions are persistent messages that insist, I must act or respond. And generally they say, now, do it now. And it isn't the Holy Spirit. And the reason I included that is because these are not things that the Holy Spirit is saying, I need you to step forward. That will be life-giving. There will be a sense of peace. You may feel a little anxious about what he's asking of you, especially if you're on a public place and he says, go pray for that person. You'll feel anxious about that, but you'll know either you've gone crazy, number one, or number two, it really is him and you didn't want to do it, but you're going to do it anyway. That is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about those things where you start to feel almost obsessed with a thought. It will not leave you alone. And you feel like you have to lay down or stop what you're doing. Or addictions manufacture this way too. There are times and seasons in my life when sugar things would, I mean, like it would just, I could have come across my mind 500 times. And I know that sounds like a ridiculous number. Literally, how many thoughts can you think in 10 minutes? It would just hound me. The good news is we don't actually have to give in. But it takes time to learn that. But the truth is these things will hound us. I have a beagle and I now know what it means to hound. What distractions have been keeping you from cooperating with God's work in rebuilding your heart? Verse 10 in our passage. Later, I went to visit Shemiah, son of, I'm going to skip over those, who was confined to, wait a minute. Yes, he was confined to his home. He said, let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me. See, this was fear-based. God does not use the fear thing. That is what the enemy uses. The only fear that you experience with God, once you understand his love for you, is the fear of reverence. It's not the fear that says, I'm afraid of God. You know you are safe with God. But when fear is present, that's the enemy's signature. He didn't want me to tell you that, but you need to know it. 
I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse me and discredit me. Remember, oh oh my God, the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah, the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. Do you know there were female prophets in the Old Testament? This one was not doing her job according to God's path. What do we take away from this? I want to ask you, are you being driven by me to prove yourself? I'm going to ask you, we're not quite to your bullet point yet. Well, there we go. All right, number four, am I driven by a need to prove myself? If so, I'm being fueled by my natural self and not the Holy Spirit. When we refer to your natural self, we're talking about that part of you that's not been fully uh, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. It's not being led by the Holy Spirit. It's the part where you steps in before you have a chance to let God step in. Do you know that part? That's your natural self. Okay. Are you being driven by the desire to prove yourself? These distractions tend to use that fear-based thing to make us justify. Listen, if someone decides to believe something about you, can I just tell you and and free you of this? You are not going to be able to disprove them under most circumstances. If they've chosen to believe something about you, doesn't matter. They had one person whisper it to them and it came out the wrong way. And they've decided that if they've passed judge and jury on you, once someone wants to believe something about you, Don't spend your time trying to disprove it. Nehemiah is a very good example for us. Now, that doesn't mean if someone comes and asks you an outright question, did you X, then you say you be truthful with them. But if they say, if you can tell there's a critical spirit that that they, listen, don't, don't pander to that. Don't pander to that. That's the enemy at work in your life. There's a verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, God's work God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand in defense. Did you know that verse was in the Bible? We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. I believe that is in your notes. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. You are not attacking the person. You attack the work of the enemy. All right, verses 15 and 16. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. That almost feels like we should clap for them. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. That brings us to point number five. God's work in my life will have God's signature on it. I may be able to change what I do for a while, but only God can change who I am. God wants his signature in your life. Guess what? When God's signature is on your life, you don't get any glory out of it. Now, people may be pleased with you for having cooperated and obeyed and submitted and surrendered because every person around you knows how hard it is to set ego aside and suck it up and do what God wants, especially in the 
earlier days when everything feels hard, 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 it does get easier in some ways to serve God. I don't mean it gets perfect or better because sometimes the tasks you put before us are actually harder. But that that resistance, that part of you that doesn't want to do God's work can die away enough to where you want God's life. The more the Holy Spirit is in charge of you, the more you wouldn't you wouldn't trade anything to go back. Verses 17 through 19. During those 52 days, many letters went back and forth between Tobiah and the nobles of Judah. For many in Judah had sworn allegiance to him because his father-in-law was Shechaniah, son of Era, and his son, blah, we're going to skip over that part. They kept telling me about Tobiah's good deeds. And then they told him everything I said. It's not a good friend who runs back and forth, ladies. And Tobiah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. The last bullet, number six on your outline, I need to be wise to the strategies of the enemy. The reason we have talked about these things tonight, and I have given things specific names so that you better recognize it. You know, it all feels familiar. That's why familiar land is called what it is. We don't recognize and understand what's going on. It's almost like we're sleepwalking through life, but God's spirit can cut through that and give us insight and wisdom. The last verse is a fee, is first Thessalonians 5, 8. I want you to listen to this, but let us who live in the light be clear headed, protected by the body armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. You know, I have that passage outlined in my Bible, but I had never written a link to the passage in Ephesians I know so well that goes with this. This is a beautiful picture of what we need tonight. Ladies, your God is trustworthy. Your enemy doesn't want his work to prevail, but the enemy has less strength then you're God. You need to know that. He is a defeated foe. Does he have access in your life? You guys, if you read in Familiar Land this week, she got hurt again. Why do those stories, as you, as this comes to life, I hope you begin to understand the, the spiritual world it is talking about. You still live in the enemy's camp here. And he still has power. He does have the ability to harm us. But he does not have more power than our God. And I pray that you will walk in that victory and freedom and knowledge. Thank you for listening in. I pray that God has stirred something within you today. You can find more information about this study at TammyFile.com.